Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I don't know about you, but seeing some of these vaccine incentives, is it at all making you feel like you wish you waited maybe just a little bit to get your vaccine? <laughs> like I saw a free beer thing basically the day after I got mine. It was just like, damn. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I have a baby at home, so I was super thrilled to get vaccinated as soon as I could. Okay. Um, okay, I guess baby before beer. <laughs> yeah, well, baby instead of beer is really what happens, unfortunately. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... Things are not working right now, which is why you're seeing states start offering million dollar prizes, right? I mean, they're, they're trying, I, I, I wouldn't say desperate, but certainly they are stretching for new ideas to get people vaccinated. Dan Goldberg on the state of vaccinations across the U.S. and the creative ways states are trying to get people to get their shots. So Dan, right now, about 60% of adults in the U.S. and 48% of the total population have gotten at least their first coronavirus vaccine dose, which is pretty amazing, thinking back to a few months ago. But vaccination rates, you know, the number of new people getting shots are slowing down. And to understand why that is, where we go from here and, you know, what we can learn from different parts of the countries and strategies with vaccinations. I was wondering if you could walk me through the vaccination landscape in the country right now, maybe starting with the areas that are showing more promising data. Yeah, it, it's pretty simple. You can look at this regionally. Uh, the Northeast is doing the best. Credit goes to main people, right? You can't get X percentage of your population fully vaccinated unless X percent of your population wants to be fully vaccinated. You know, Maine became the first state with 50% of its population vaccinated. And at a time when other states across the country, from Alaska to Mississippi, are running into walls of hesitancy, we're not seeing that. We're seeing urgency in Maine. Connecticut, Vermont, Rhode Island, Massachusetts are right behind it. Mm -hmm. um, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, if you look at the southeast, those are all where the laggards are. Alabama is actually at risk of losing COVID vaccine to other states that may need it. So far, not enough people are getting their doses here. Are Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Louisiana, Tennessee are all at the bottom. As of this morning, 30% of Georgians are fully vaccinated. That's a low number compared to some parts of the country. 37% have received at least one Do we know what's behind these numbers? Why we're seeing these good rates in the Northeast and these bad rates in the Southeast? So I'm going to point to one thing, and I want to emphasize that this is correlation, not necessarily causation. Uh -huh. The leading 13 states, if you look at percent of population vaccinated, all voted for Joe Biden. Hmm. The bottom 15 states 
you know, in the worst uh, category, all voted for Donald Trump. According to an NPR PBS Marist poll, 49% of Republican men, 47% of Trump supporters, and 41% of Republicans overall said that they would not get the vaccine, even if they had the opportunity to be vaccinated. And you can see this by congressional district as well. So it's not just a state versus state issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the congressional districts, by and large, with the lowest numbers are Republican districts and vice versa. Um, the reason I emphasize it's correlation, not causation, is there are lots of other factors that play uh, into why certain areas are doing better than others, including access issues, public health challenges. I mean, Alabama, which is obviously a conservative state, has long had public health issues. So has Mississippi. Even religion can play a part in this. Um, and we're certainly still seeing black and brown communities underrepresented in the vaccine numbers across the country. So it is not solely a party affiliation issue. However, it is notable that as we go into month, I guess we're in month six of this now, you're really starting to see a divide uh, between the red states and the blue states. So beyond some of these broader geographical trends, what specifically do we know about who people who aren't getting vaccinated are? And is that something like we can really, truly know that we have data on? We have some idea based on polling data. I mean, we do know that there's a a small group of people, maybe 20 percent, who are hell no, we are not getting this vaccine. And included in that bucket of people are conspiracy theorists or people who don't take COVID very seriously. Um, There is a group of people with access issues. They don't have the child care. They don't have transportation. They can't get off work. You know, a lot of people still work two, three, four jobs just to make ends meet. And there's no way for them to take a day off if they should they get side effects from the vaccine. Um, so that's a separate bucket too. And, and there are efforts being made to work at that. The third bucket are sort of this more apathetic group of people, I would say. Hmm. Um, they'll get it eventually, but they don't see a sense of urgency. And you can see that in the data, uh, especially among younger people. So people, I would say under 40 years old, who traditionally have not gotten that sick from COVID. So they don't necessarily see the urgency of getting the vaccine. I think that's the the group that some of these prizes that you're seeing in states are targeted at. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. We've seen a number of these flashy incentive programs pop up recently to encourage people to get vaccinated. Shout out to my home state of Ohio doing a a lottery where you can (laughs) win a million dollars if you get a vaccine. West Virginia is giving out $100 savings bonds. There's some less exciting ones like the free beer I have missed out on. <laughs> um, I, and I think you forgot Memphis is giving out uh, away a car, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, OK. OK. So that's pretty cool. So there's there's a lot out there. But do we have any measure on how effective things like that are or could be with convincing people to get vaccines? Um, I, well, the short answer is we, we don't know uh, yet if they will work. Um, we did see the, the rates of vaccination tick up in Ohio just after that announcement was made. Uh-huh. Um, but they've sort of kind of reverted to the mean mm. over the last few days. So it's, it's too early to tell. And, and Ohio is so far and above anything anyone else has done that it's really going to be a good case study. The problem is, from a public health perspective, It's going to be really hard to know, unless Ohio blows the numbers out of the water, whether it was the million dollar prize or whether it was the vaccine now being uh, open to kids between 12 and 15 
years old. Mm. Um, we don't have a great way of disaggregating these things. You know, we're, we're also now saying that uh, people who are vaccinated have more ability to go places without having to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. um, maybe there are some people who finally feel it's safe um, or some people who finally found childcare. So there's going to be a lot of, we're, there are a lot of things being thrown against the wall to target those different buckets of people that I mentioned earlier. And we're not entirely sure uh, which one works. And I was talking to somebody from West Virginia, actually, who said, you know, it doesn't really matter. We don't even care why it works. Hmm. Um, you know, the analogy is sort of when the patient is sick and you don't know why, you just throw broad spectrum antibiotics at them, right? You just give them everything and see what see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a little bit of what states are trying to do now. You know, we're offering it on college campuses. In New York, they're offering it at the subway. Um, sort of just throwing everything against the wall and, and then we'll see in, a, in about a month where th what works best and probably double down on those strategies. So as things stand now, vaccination rates are down. States have more vaccine supply than they know what to do with. We're literally sitting on vaccines in some cases. If we continue with the current trends, what does that mean for the timeline for reaching herd immunity? Or could herd immunity end up out of reach, like some experts have said. So it's important to remember that herd immunity uh, isn't really a national concept. Mm. Sometimes we think of it that way because that's how the president talks. Um, but it doesn't really help us if Maine is at 90% vaccinated and Alabama's at 30%, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people travel across the country. Yeah. So we, we really need herd immunity in every county in the United States, or certainly nearly every county in the United States. Um, and we're not entirely sure what where herd immunity is. Um, obviously, we are making huge progress because the COVID numbers are going down. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some thought that it is somewhere around 70, 80 percent. So if you want to sort of do some back of the envelope math, and if you looked at national projections, we need another 70 million people in this country, adults, to get fully vaccinated to reach 70 percent of all adults. And at the moment, we're averaging a little more than a million a day. So again, if you do some very rough math at this pace, We'll get there by the end of July. Um, but that assumes we maintain the current pace, which I'm not entirely sure we'll do. You know, if the pace continues to slow down, it may take through August uh, or even September, October to sort of hit that mark. And, and like I said, we, we'll probably get there nationally. But, you know, how long is it going to take for Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia to reach 70% of their population fully vaccinated? You know, the way things are going, um, and unless something changes, it, it's, it may not happen this year. Dan Goldberg. Thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Also today, the UK is launching a new study to look at coronavirus vaccine boosters. Hailed by the British government as a world-first effort, the trial will assess AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax, Johnson & Johnson, and other vaccines as potential booster shots that would be given 10 to 12 weeks after a second dose. And the booster shot could be a different brand from the one originally used. Drug makers are already carrying out their own studies on the response to booster shots, but the UK trial will specifically examine the immune response of different brands of vaccines side by side. And the European Union is set to allow vaccinated travelers to return to the region. On Wednesday, ambassadors approved the plan, which still needs the green light from the European Council, allowing non-EU residents to enter the bloc without restrictions, after being mostly barred from traveling there for more than a year. 
Under the agreement, travelers will be allowed as long as they've been vaccinated with a shot approved by the European Medicines Agency. That includes all three vaccines already approved for use in the U.S. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch and tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.